Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 587. I'm recording this intro from inside a rental car in rainy Portland. It's really nice here in the fall. I came up to host an event called the High Ed Web Conference. It was really fun. Everyone was really nice. And now I'm, uh, <laughs> I pulled over on the side of the road to record this. Actually, that's sort of true. Uh, as I'm furniture shopping for my house, there is, I'm in a warehouse district and there's an office furniture liquidation center. I don't know what I'm going to expect to buy in there or how I think I'm going to get it back to Los Angeles, but, uh, I just like old furniture. I don't know. So I'm going to go in and... I guess I have to affect that voice when I'm looking at old furniture. Do you have any credenzas or a mimeograph? Technically, that's a, like an old-timey Xerox machine. This episode is Keanu Reeves. And uh, Keanu was uh, kind enough to squeeze the podcast into a press day for John Wick. And uh, by the way, I hadn't seen John Wick at the time of this recording because it all came together very fast when I was in New York. But since, have seen it, and it's amazing. Uh, it has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes and 9.3 or something on IMDb, so it's an, it's an awesome movie, and he's great in it, and he was a super nice guy. The only thing I will say about this is that he gave us all the time he had, which was literally a half hour, so I think this might be the shortest podcast we've ever done, but I'm not going to not talk to Keanu for a half hour, uh, so it, we weren't necessarily able to go as in-depth as we normally do when it's like an hour, hour, 15 minutes, but he was still a super cool guy, and uh, and maybe he'll come back. Now that he's seen that it's uh, easy breezy in old uh, Nerdist pod- Podcast Landia, then maybe uh, we'll get Keanu Reeves back. So here we go with the Nerdist Podcast, uh, episode number 587 with Keanu Reeves. Now entering Nerdist.com. Good morning. Very nice to meet you. And this is the beginning of your press day, I imagine. It is. So you, are you mentally prepared? You know, it's easy to speak about a film that you love. Yeah. You know, so in that sense, yeah, it's um, sometimes it's not so easy. But today it's easy. <laughs> what it, when you, so you've been in that situation before, you're like, you know, I don't really feel... Yeah, it. like, oh boy. But uh, not very often. Good. Well, you don't know because you, you, uh, you sign on... I mean, I always... It, 
to me, the fact that a film ever gets made is mind-blowing. And mm. the fact that a film can get made and be good is the secondary miracle yeah. that yes. can happen. That's true. Yeah, you go in with high hopes and ambitions and dreams. And hopefully they're not shattered on the rocks of disappointment. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Wick was one of the good ones. Did uh, I, I seem to recall, I, I don't know if you'll remember this at all, but this was like ten years ago. But when I was first kind of doing a lot of stand-up around Los Angeles, I feel like you popped up at some comedy shows. Yeah, yeah, I used to to go to comedy shows, yeah, just go. Are you a stand-up, are you a fan of stand-up? I am, absolutely, yeah, ever since I was a kid. Really? Yeah, Yeah, I grew up in Toronto, Canada, and we had uh, the Metropolitan Toronto Library, which was the big library. And um, I would go there and, and read plays and listen to comedy albums. So I would listen to like Cosby, Woody Allen, nice. and um, who else was going? Richard Pryor, um, and then some of the two thousand year old man. Yes. Yeah. Have you ever yeah. seen any of uh, any of those guys live? No. Ever seen Cosby live? He still yeah. performs. Yeah, he's still doing that. I've seen that a little bit YouTube-ish. Yeah. You know, so you got to go on there and see that. But yeah, I've always yeah I've always loved stand up. Remember, I saw Sam Kinison in nineteen eighty six. Holy shit. Yeah. That yuck, was like yuck. prime Kennison. Yuck Yucks in Toronto. I performed there. Yes. Yes. It was like, I, it's not there and it's not the same club anymore, but it was at like Young and Eglinton or whatever. Yeah. Or this one, yeah. It was, it was, it went down the stairs. Yeah. 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 It was yeah, like down in yeah, a basement. Yeah, thing, yeah. A comedy, I think a comedy club should feel a little shitty. City. Yeah. Seedy. Yeah. Seedy. Yeah, Seedy. Yeah. It should feel like you shouldn't be there. Yeah. Like you're doing something, I don't know, not nefarious, but something clandestine. A little subversive. Yeah. A little subversive. But I remember when he came out and he did that thing and he's just like, move! You're in a desert! Move! I'm in hell! Kill me! Move to where the food is! Move to where the food is! Yeah. Oh, look at you. It's a sand. It's a It's fucking sand. It's gonna be sand. Oh my god. That's amazing. You saw that live? Yeah, I'd never laughed that hard. I never got to. I never got to see him live because I was. I was just slightly too young, and he died when I was in college. So I just yeah. never, never saw made it that through. Firebolt. Yeah, he was amazing. <laughs> Did you ever fuck around with like live stuff that way? Um, I don't. When I was a kid, I did. Uh, I did uh, Second City. You did? Yeah, so I was going through the Second City training program, doing yeah. the Second City classes and stuff like that, and um, played theater sports, uh, lost to kids in the hall. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, played against kids in the hall. Do they know this? Have you talked to them? smashed. Have you talked to them yet? Yeah, we just got boo bricks thrown at us, and, and they got laughs. <laughs> we got boo bricks, and they got laughs. They have that... Uh... Was your was your humor because you didn't, you moved? I was like seventeen. You were like seventeen. 17 yeah, seventeen. But you moved. You moved a shit ton, right? Um, as a kid in Toronto, yeah, there was like five houses in a city. Oh man, which I don't think a lot of people do. Like you live in the same city, but you're in five different locations. But my family did the same thing. Did you guys? We moved a ton, all over the country, and then well, not the country, the same city. In the same city, we would move around a, a bunch of different places too. Was your dad shifty? My dad, well, uh, everyone. My dad was a professional bowler, so in as much as bowling is shifty, then yeah, it's almost like the comedy stuff. It is. It's a little subversive. It is. It's a little. subversive. It's a little kind of part of the carny. But it's. But now there's so many like super nice bowling alleys where it's like 
now that's all hipstery and like hand carved wood. It's like, yeah. no, 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 this should be shitty. And I should, there should be a sense that I could get killed in the parking lot. Right? Yeah. Score drugs, get killed, <laughs> have boys. a one night stand. Yeah, exactly. It, I should, don't know. it should feel even kinda, with the kids there. It should feel kind of gross. Yeah, should, the beer. It should feel kind of gross. Uh, listen, I don't want to embarrass you by telling you this, but I was at a party years ago, and you were just sitting on a chair. I don't know why I was at this party because uh, I it was uh, I, I I was not a part. I'm not a party person, right. and so I immediately was just like in the corner, just uncomfortable. And for some reason, you were sitting on this chair. And this girl came up, and I don't even think you knew her, and she just sat in your lap and started making out with you. I'm like, whatever that is, that's what I want. <laughs> that, it was the most, and I guess you're... I'm a slut. <laughs> I'm a slut. I think you your know, improv training like, kicked in because you yes-anded the approach. Yes, and indeed, yes. <laughs> yes-and. Continue, please. That I was, won't say no. That was amazing. That was such an amazing I moment. I must have known this person. I, I'm assuming you, but it's just that I was there for a while, and then you, you, you were just kept... He almost looked meditative, and it almost looked like, did he just summon that person out of the ether? This is incredible. I have magical power. <laughs> well, that is an amazing power. I, uh, I, I have been a fan of yours for a really long time, and, and I think, uh, I mean, obviously, I was the perfect age for Bill and Ted's, like the absolute oh, really? okay. perfect high school age. That was funny. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. Uh, but... I thought you were so incredible in Parenthood. Oh, wow. That was such a great... It was a lovely role. A kind of nice innocence to him. Yeah. Nice positive energy. Yeah, and worked with Joaquin Phoenix at the time, too. He was like 11 years old. Just when he was still Leaf Phoenix, right? Yes, he was Leaf. He was a tiny little phoenix. Yeah, he was a little phoenix. And then he burned the ashes of Leaf and re-emerged as Joaquin. Yes. (laughs) So, is do you... Do you like doing comedy? Do you want to do... Is comedy something that's important? Yeah, absolutely. I haven't had the chance to do it for a while. I mean, I did a romantic comedy called Henry's Crime a couple of years ago. Um, but other than that, I haven't... Um, yeah. Yes. Because River's Edge, not really a comedy. Not, but funny. But funny. <laughs> but funny. What I do for my fucking friends. <laughs> you could fry for this. <laughs> Crispin Glover, genius. Crispin Glover. He's been on the podcast. He was a really oh, interesting. Yeah? He's 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 a really interesting. Guy. I haven't seen his movie. The, have you seen any of his films? Uh, I haven't seen. No, I haven't seen the one that the most recent the, one. But he's just his whole thing now is he just wants to make these pieces that just make people react right in very right. specific ways right. Wonder which ways those are. <laughs> it's I don't know so provocative. He's happy. Though. He's, he's happy. Kind of, yeah, he's just a, he was a remarkable, he's a remarkable original cat. What do you do when you literally? I, I'm jumping really fast because I know you don't have a lot of time, so I apologize. Uh, normally, we could the conversation breathes a little bit more, uh, but so I'm going to jump around a lot. But um, when you can essentially do anything you want. That's not true. You don't think so? No. Why? No, you can't. You can't do everything you want. I mean, making. If, if, if we're speaking about making films, telling stories, I mean, putting. You know, you mentioned it earlier. To to make a film is a kind of miracle. Um, you know, I mean, I, certainly uh, there's opportunities and stuff, but it's not like. It's not like that girl who sat in your lap. Right. You know, where... No, she sat in your lap. That never yeah, happened to me. Yeah, in one's lap. You know, I, 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 you can't quite do that, you know. But um, but you can try. Uh, so is that just... Is that a myth then? It just seems to me that 
that people that every morning you wake up and then there's a there's a, a, a platter a platter of scripts <laughs> and you're like you know I feel like uh, this one today yeah it doesn't quite work like that for me um, you know you still you know I mean there's there's scripts that come by and things but um, you know even if that happens then you still have to try to put it together or if it's put together then um, well then then it's easier. Yeah, <laughs> if someone sends you a script, it's like, "Well, we have finances." <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, well, yes. Um, I'll have the king's crab, the king crab lake. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's there's always something to be done. But it's a painstaking process, which I it seems requires the utmost patience. Of all the platforms in media, film to me seems like it's the most maddening because it can take five, eight, ten years for something to get made. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, is, it is collaborative. It's so collaborative in the, in the telling of the story mm-hmm. and it's so collaborative in terms of the financing. It's like show business and like to get all of those pieces together yeah. um, even before the artists show up. Is uh, tough. Do you like being on the Do you like being on the producer side too, or do you do you also sometimes just like, eh, I just want to come in and be an actor and not have any responsibility yes. than that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the past few years of you know, I've I've um, done a little more producing, um, and uh, I've really enjoyed it, and I want to keep doing it. But uh, there are times where you just you know want to wear one hat. Um, but oi. Uh, it's who, whatever. Are you, I mean, a, are you a stressor, but, or are you pretty good? Are you pretty good at being kind of zen about everything? Um, no, I'm not zen about anything. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm kind of a yeah. I'm a, I'm a fretter. I'm a concerner. Yeah, yeah. Why do you I'm, think that is? Why do you think? Why do you think this business attracts fretters, but then also? It also does the worst things to people who fret at the same time. Yeah. Um, passion. That's what it is. It's passion. Okay. And maybe there's like a particular kind of um, personality trait to that. I mean, the creative act or producing or anything that, you know, it takes, uh, you know, a particular kind of focus and attention and... I mean, even when you hear stories of people who don't sound like they're focusing and attentioning that much, yeah, um, it's probably not true. <laughs> Everyone's in it. I mean, I just feel like we spend so much time in our own heads. Isn't it great? No, it's not always that great. <laughs> no. Sometimes, like, I, I shouldn't. It's a house of horrors. <laughs> well, it is. And then you're like, why am I spending so much time in my head? I'm still in my head talking about how I'm in my head. Like, yeah. how do you, you know, do you, how, how do you, how do you get out of that? Or how do you, how do you take time? Or how do you, how do you shake it off? Yeah. Um, nowadays, probably just go for a motorcycle ride. Oh, you do? Yeah. Go for a motorcycle ride. Breathe. Drive kind of fast. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, you know, and also spending time with friends and family, you know, like mm-hmm. just let's go do something. Yeah. You know, that helps. Focusing on other things. Yeah. And just try to smell the roses. Did I just say that? You that's, did. That's, isn't that awful? It is. Listen, that's just really it's terrible. a lovely grandma thing to say. It, it is. is. adorable. I'm older now. Would you so like I a hard candy? candy? Would you like? Oh yeah. But you look amazing but though. That's the thing. It's the it's the suit. The suit. It's better. not. It's 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 not the suit. It's, it's not the, the suit. suit. The no, suit. no, no, no. Believe me. Does the yeah. fame stuff get annoying? Does it get in the way? Um. 
Not not of the uh, not of the work or the life of it. For for me, the impact is really just you know someone taking a picture of you while you're putting gas in your motorcycle. Or the said Keanu meme. meme. Or the, yeah, which was fantastic. <laughs> um, and uh, and then like maybe once in a while at an airport, there's some crazy. But I mean, it's whatever. Um, so no. But you have you seem to have a good. I mean, I saw your Reddit AMA a handful of months back. Oh right, and right. and it was really nice. Like it it, it seemed like um, I don't know. You were, it was really you were really cool and playful with it, and uh-huh. it, and it seemed like you know. Oh yeah, well that's that's you know that's just a, having a conversation of a kind. Yeah, yeah. Are you internet? I like. Yeah, I like conversations. Are, do you do you spend do you, are you internetting? Um, I'm uh, once in a whiley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't have a, a lot of um, social media. Right. So, yeah. It is like an extra job. It's, it seems like it. It seems like it's a job that people love, though. Well, it is, but it, I mean, it can be fun, but again, it's all. I just feel like culturally we're creating these little bubbles that are forcing us to just stay in our heads all the time. You know, because yeah. we're not. We're not I, mean, I don't mean to be complaining about it. I mean, I like social media, but I mean, we're essentially. You know, your face is either in your phone or you're this far from your screen and you're, yeah. oh, how did my picture do that I posted? And what are all these people saying? Oh. And what is it? Like, you were just creating these weird little isolated, uh, narcissistic bubbles. Communications. <laughs> but I don't know. How can it be narcissistic if it's going out? Because it's, because it's, it is going out, but, but it's, it's you. But it's through the lens of you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the people want to know about you. I don't know. And they want to share with they you. They want to know everything. They want to share. They want to be entertained. They want to have some insight. Come on, man. I know, it's I know. Connectivity. <sighs> Get on it. Go on. Wake up. I'm trying. You haven't Twittered or something. I know. I should tweet this right now. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> I remember being at a... Uh, I was hosting some sort of a screening or something, and I think it was like 1999. And it was for... Um, I don't remember what the movie was. I think it was a Harold Ramis movie. I think it was for Analyze This. And before that, they were they show they were showing the movie to college kids at UCLA oh. ahead of the release to promote it. And it was the and then and then the trailer for the Matrix. It was the first time oh, anyone wow. had seen the trailer for the Matrix. And this isn't a it wasn't a pre-internet era, but it was yeah. pre mass consumptive internet so yeah. it's not like trailers were all over, you know, online yeah. all the time for everyone. And uh, people were still using AOL a lot at the time. Right. And the trailer started, and and this, it, and again, it was a time where people just didn't have any idea what it was yet. Right. Now I feel like that's impossible. Everyone knows every little everything. Yeah. And the trailer started, and people were kind of giggling. What's the what's this? And then halfway through. The, there was a if this makes sense a deafening silence because people's mouths were like and it was just oh, one of those moments where, and I always feel like I wish I could go back and experience that movie again for the first time because mm. it's one of those films where you just are like ah, fuck, uh, what? what the fuck yeah. how fuck did you have any idea when you were making that 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 was going to be the case I didn't know how it would be received by the audience, but the first time that I read the script, um, you know, just because of the ideas and the setup, you know, the Matrix and this alternate universe and agents and, you know, discussing, you know, concepts and controls and, you know, the kind of um, philosophical underpinning architecture. But um, 
for a nerd who just learns how to fly. <laughs> um, I thought it was I, I really great, you know. And when I met with the Wachowskis and they showed me a picture book of all of the concepts and stuff. Um, and then when they said, we'd like you to train for four months to learn movie kung fu... I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so I knew that there was stuff going on. I just didn't know that the audience, how it would look or what it would be. Yeah. Um, and uh, so when I saw it, it was it was pretty, it was great. It was like, my gosh, these visionaries have created the vision. You know, seeing the bullet time, the production design, and the, I mean, and now all the performance. So it was pretty But you can't, special. but you can't, like going in. To that, you can't really go... I mean, if they go, yeah, and then you're going to do this, and this bullet's going to whiz by your head, and you're yeah. like, okay, I guess that sounds fine. How yeah, are you going to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they had shown... They had done a pre so they had had, like, this kind of version of bullet time where the camera moved, and they had this gunshot going through a barrel of fire, and so they had an idea of what they were doing. I mean, they knew what they were doing, just no one else knew what they were doing. Yeah. And then we found out, and it was like, yeah, the movies! <laughs> yeah! Because <laughs> I mean, I, I felt like that when I saw Star Wars. I remember the trailer for Star Wars when I was a little kid. Yeah, <clears throat> and I just was in this theater. It was a university theater. It was a really great screen in Toronto, big screen, and and I was just like, "What is that? What is that? That looks cool." So, and we don't I'm, get it's that. not like that, but I mean, it no, is like that. It's like where you get excited about going to a movie and like, what are you going to see and something. Like we don't event. we don't get many of those, and in, in I feel like in our lives anymore. Like I just because we've seen so many things. Yeah. To have that, you know, and I think that's why people are so rabid about spoilers because they're right. we're so desperate to have some kind of a special inside something. Yeah, something that totally changes the way that we see everything. Hmm. I know, but then there's filmmakers, right? You got to go to Soderbergh, you got to go to Fincher, you got to see Nolan. You know, you know, there's filmmakers that you you know always want to go. What have you Lars not? Von Trier. What have you not done yet that you want to do? Is 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 it is the list infinite, or do you have no, specific plans? I I don't have any. You know, I'm still trying to make. You know, working on working, working on making certain projects. But uh, um, in terms of genre, or I'd love to make an impossibly romantic. Musical, really? Yeah. Do you are you? Do you want to sing? Do you want to? Do uh, yeah. Who does? I know you're a music. Sing. I know you're a bit yeah, of a band yeah, for, yeah, for a yeah. long time. But I, I always have this vision in my head, like some kind of like, yeah, some impossibly romantic. It might have to be now an older man story, but about love and loss. <laughs> Paris. Yes. Oh Something classic. I know it sounds tropey and genre-y, but. I want to do it someday, somehow. That's the best reason to do anything. If it sounds fun to you, you don't want to do it if they're like, hey, here's a pile of money. And you're like, yeah, fuck it, I'll do this. Yeah, I'll show my pile of money. Who's in it? Kate Hudson? Fine, I'll do it. Oh, no. romantic comedy? Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yes. But I mean, if it's something that you really want to do, then, then you should absolutely, you should just do it. That's the best reason. We're back again. To passion, and then listen. If you wanna, if you wanna throw in some, like you could have. Okay, so imagine. Oh, and I also want to make an even more violent, crazy movie called Berserker. Okay. Yeah, I want to do I'm something in. like just crazy, like just over the top, just fucking. All right. Well, just I, do you want money for that? I'll give you money for that. <laughs> just make it. Just fucking make it. Let's make it. I know. It's, so okay. Never, okay. Sorry. No. So, no. 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 Berserker starts off as a romantic comedy. So the first. I mean. So the first half is oh, a romantic yeah, comedy, just, and then you shift genre like halfway through. Right. And then just, it becomes fucking crazy. Berserker, man. Yeah. Just berserker. And then an alien at the end lands, and then something happens. 
It's loose. I'm, I haven't really worked out. The I did that yet. though in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And you that, did, and that got that kind of went a little jump the sharky. You think so? With the station, station people still reference. Oh, no, come on! I'm serious. I, mean, I love station. I love station. People still reference. It's just station. so amazingly twisted. I think anti something. I think I think Bill and Ted. I think Bogus Journey was awesome, and I think Station First totally holds up. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. What am I missing? No. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't. You know, you I, made it. So, I made it. Like, I you, it's hard for you to judge. That's right. Mm-hmm. Do you think... <laughs> I, I, we, don't, we don't have a lot of time left with you. And I, I, there, there's so many... God. I want to delve in more. Yeah. What can we do in four minutes? I don't know. Did you see the movie? I haven't seen it yet. They sent me the link last night, but I was working until late. Oh, fantastic. We asked for it for days, and then it finally came last night. And, it, and the way that the systems work now is that uh, everyone's super protective of the links. Right. So I got the link at about 8 o'clock last night while I was You're working. Busy. And You're then stuff. it was like, you have to sign in, and then when you sign in, you get a text, and the text gives you a code, and then you have to enter the code and sign on, and they're logging. It's like it's a really intense process. And I've, not, I've, I've been in New York for 48 hours, and I haven't stopped working since I got here. Working. Yeah. I mean, but you, but does your job make work kind of social? Sort of. But no. Well, I no. just, I, just don't, no. I, I, have, I, have a, I work on a few different things, so, it's, yes. so everything is... My schedule is all planned out. My, you know, you, you probably have to... Yeah, yeah. How are you going to break free, Chris? I don't know! God, what are you going to do? I'm going to make Berserker with you, <laughs> this movie where you murder everyone. Um... Do you feel in general, I'm I'm just curious from the sense of, because you moved a lot as a kid and I moved a lot as a kid, do you feel not settled in any place for any period of time? Like, I always feel like after a couple years, like, I probably should move. Yeah. There's a little bit of the gypsy kind of, we're wounded. Is that it? But even, but the wound is our gift. Is that, we're supposed to do something good with that. Yes. No. Um, Yeah, there's a little bit, but then also, I mean, if if, if I'm coming off of a job, if I've been working, it's so focused and... So then I don't, I don't get that wander lust or that kind of jittery thing for at least three weeks. <laughs> that gives you plenty of time to settle for a few weeks yeah. and just unpack. And then slowly, yeah. when the last item comes out, then you put the first item back in. Yeah, and then it's time to go. And then, and then take off. That's just the way it is. <laughs> do you live in any... Do you stay in any one city for any period of time? Um, yeah, I live in Los Angeles and um, been there since 85. Nice. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there is that thing of yeah. What's and next, and what are we doing? You have to be. I feel like you have to be careful what you joke and say because I think I think it may have been with my company. I think you joked about making an, another speed, was it, or another oh, Point Break, or okay. something? Okay, yeah. And then you're, and then everyone was like, "Is it really happening?" Like, I think he was fucking kidding. Uh, yeah. And then it happened. You made it? No. Oh, someone else did. Oh, well, they did a sequel, but they. Yeah. But you, but you could do. No. 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 Okay, let's kill those rumors now. Yeah. No more Point Break. No more Speed. No. Berserker. Berserker, just where you punch people and it comes, you know, through their chest and out their back. And then as soon and while during a musical number, and then and you then, rip away, and then you sing, and then you kiss the, the girl sits on your lap and kisses you. Yes. And I feel like that's a perfect place to end. This is what the podcast felt like. This felt like an emotional lady sitting on our laps and kissing us. It's a good day. I hope you have a nice day. And I hope... uh, I'm super excited to see John Wick, although I'm bracing emotionally because of what happens to the dog. 
Yeah. But you need that so that you can totally go crazy and fuck people up as much as possible, I would imagine. You need that counterbalance. You do. You need you need to have a reason. <laughs> and that's more of a reason. <laughs> it's good to see it's you, man. It's a fun movie. Thank you yeah. so much for being here. Thank you. Sir. Sir. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Nancy's love story could have been ripped right out of the pages of one of her own novels. She was a romance mystery writer who happens to be married to a chef. But this story didn't end with a happily ever after. When I stepped into the kitchen, I could see that Chef Brophy was on the ground and I heard somebody say, call 911. As writers, we'd written our share of murder mysteries. So when suspicion turned to Dan's wife, Nancy, we weren't that surprised. The first person they look at would be the spouse. We understand that's usually the way they do it. But we began to wonder, had Nancy gotten so wrapped up in her own novels... There are murders in all of the books. ...that she was playing them out in real life? You can listen to Happily Never After, Dan and Nancy, early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.